This is People Every Day. Coming up... Definitely drinking is a huge part of it. And it's hard when you're the sober one. Real Housewives star Bronwyn Wyndham Burke gets candid about her open marriage, sexuality, and sobriety journey. Plus, the talk's big return without Sharon Osbourne and Kanye West's request for joint custody. It's April 13th. Hi there. This is People Every Day, and I'm Janine Rubenstein, your host this Tuesday and, well, every day. I want to start things off today with an update on what's happening in Minnesota. The shooting and killing of 20-year-old Dante Wright by police who pulled him over for a routine traffic stop while his girlfriend sat in the passenger seat has enraged the masses. Authorities have claimed that the officer in question mistook her gun for her taser. President Biden has asked for peace as people have taken to the streets in protest yet again in the same city where George Floyd's trial is taking place. And amid the outcry, politicians and stars are raising their voices as well. Barack and Michelle Obama issued a statement saying their hearts are heavy and underscored their desire to, quote, reimagine policing and public safety in this country. Beyonce posted a picture of Wright captioned Rest in Peace, and actress Regina King articulated the painful almost Groundhog's Day-like feeling that so many, myself included, are grappling with today. She wrote, here we are saying prayers for another family because another reckless officer exposed themselves at the expense of another Black human being. I'm so sorry, Dante Wright. You are so much more than another. I will never get used to this. And then there's The Daily Show's Trevor Noah, who just about summed it up for me. Now, regardless of the specifics of how it happens, incidents involving police getting out of control with black suspects are still far too common. And you know that because this shooting in Minnesota isn't the only example of police brutality people are talking about today. There will undoubtedly be much more to come on this very sad story, and I'll keep you updated. Shifting to the world of television, uh, later in today's show, I catch up with the newly single Real Housewives of Orange County star Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, who shares all about her journey to sobriety and sexual freedom, so stick around for that. And in other small screen news, let's get into today's top stories. So I am very happy to be joined now by managing editor of People.com, Charlotte Triggs, who I love talking to, but specifically today because this woman has a master's degree in the drama that has gone on on the talk. <laughs> like this show has uh, been all over the news and now they are back. They're back from hiatus and we are getting just some more insight into what really went down between Cheryl Underwood and Sharon Osbourne. Of course, they coasted together for 10 years and uh, the drama continues. So Charlotte, walk us through what well, one. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks and for having me again. Digging right in. <laughs> You're welcome. Dive right in. Uh, walk us through uh, where we are now in this saga, which everyone should remember stems from that big Oprah sit down with Harry and Megan. Okay. So the show's finally back after a month. That like outburst that happened on the show, that was already a whole month ago. Sharon Osbourne was defending Pierce Morgan. And then in the course of defending Pierce Morgan, she began lashing out at her, her co-star Cheryl Underwood in a very, very uncomfortable way, really inappropriate way. And that led to ultimately her departure from the show. So in the interim, the two of them have debated publicly 
whether they talk to one another that came up in this first episode, Cheryl acknowledged that she did text me actually. Um, and I had these text messages from her. Yeah, I did. I was not lying when I said she didn't call me, but yes, she she did text me. I have not spoken to and do not have any phone call missed or received that I can find in my phone. But there were text messages sent to me. And the reason that I did not speak about or acknowledge or even respond to those text messages because they were coming to me during the internal investigation. How does that shake out for you, Charlotte? I mean, I absolutely understand it. Okay. Right. Like there was an investigation. That's in part why Cheryl didn't do her podcast for all those weeks. You know what I mean? It took a while for us to hear from her. And when she broke her silence, it really did feel like, wow, okay, we're finally getting a story. Whether or not from that specific moment, the investigation was still ongoing or done already. Um, that's not totally clear. It must've been done because Sharon had departed already, but I, I, it just strikes me that she didn't paint the full picture of what was going yeah. on. You know what I mean? It's like, And when Sharon said, why are you trying to ruin my reputation and showed the receipts, she felt she obviously felt she had to. It seems as though she did have a point. Like, why would you not paint the full picture? If somebody reached out by text message, maybe you don't want to get into it because there's an investigation going on, then maybe don't talk about it at all. Yeah. I mean, and on the flip side of things, you know, she was on the show today with um, or sorry, on the show Monday with uh, Elaine Welteroth, who is a co-host as well. And and they were just talking about how uh, hard that moment was for the both of them as black women, you know, being, you know, in the workplace and having to make sure you keep your composure and all of that. So it seems to me that uh, Cheryl, even though she's saying like she wants to take the high road and we could still be friends if she reached out, I feel like she's still you know, angry and and, and hurting over it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that was a very ugly moment on the show. And it was really uncomfortable because she, she said she felt trapped in that moment because she has to behave a certain way. There's like no choice about it. And it's an unfair standard that she feels she's constantly having to live up to, to like, you know, remain completely composed, to be extremely organized with her thoughts, to be, you know, you're not allowed to have an emotional reaction is what she feels. Yeah. Um, and and then you, especially when you're told don't have an emotional reaction, totally. she said, don't cry. That was the worst. Yeah. She's like, don't cry. I'm, I'm the one that should be crying. Yeah. It was, it, there's issues on both sides. But, um, I, mean, I do these hope are real people. they work They it have out. feelings, yeah. right? You know, people lash out at each other. It just strikes me as such a very real type fight, right? Like people are not talking to each other in the language that they want to be spoken to. Right. And it's like, they're just not, they kind of don't want to agree. They don't want to get on the same page. Hopefully at some point they do get there. Yeah, no, for sure. They, I mean, like they said, they were both good friends before all this. So hopefully things can get worked out. Um, I don't, know how things are getting worked out on this next story, but uh, I, I guess they're trying amicably. Uh, Kim Ye, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, uh, there are new developments in their divorce. Yeah. So he has indicated that he wants joint custody of their four children and that he does not wish for either party to pay spousal support. Of course, as we know, they're both really, really rich. Loaded. <laughs> yeah, loaded, loaded, loaded. And she's recently been um, officially named a billionaire. So it's like, I guess- he In her own right, In her right? own right, yeah. And he's a billionaire like many times over. Ye- Yeezys. Yes, yeah. totally. So yeah, they don't want to have to be dealing with that. Um, but he does want joint custody, which is very interesting because during the course of this whole past year, one of the unpleasant problems that they were dealing with was that he was not really around for the children. And as she filed for divorce- 
sources close to Kim said that it was really important for her for them to have a good relationship with their dad. And she does know that he loves them and, and you know, cares about them and wants the best. She's always said that, like, he is, you know, when he is well, like, he is such a good dad and he is so present. And, you know, she's always shared those pictures of him, like the few pictures we get of Kanye smiling yes. <laughs> like with North on his lap oh, or yeah. Saint or Psalm, uh, Chicago. So, yeah, that, that really is what it comes down to is, like, how they are going to co-parent. You know, where is he going to be? Is well, he going to be the in thing. He's Wyoming? He's a man who loves to be wherever he wants to be. You know, you mm-hmm. recall there was a moment in time a few years ago when he was like, I'm moving to Chicago because that's where I want to be. You know what I mean? But then he also has like a home base in Paris. Like when she was getting ready to give birth the first time he was in Switzerland, like he's all over the place. And that makes the logistics, the sheer logistics of it, not so easy when you're dealing with mm-hmm. where do these kids go to school? Like, when do they yeah. see each other? How does it all work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, we will see like if there's any thing that this family knows how to do. It's a uh, co-parent. Right. Yeah. They actually are really <laughs> good have, at that. They have really worked those things out in even the trickiest of situations. And they have help. Oh my goodness. They have help. Totally. So before I lose you, Charlotte, I want to get your thoughts on one more story that has a Kardashian feel to it. Uh, That's the story about the man who had the -the over-the-top proposal that everyone's talking about right now, William (laughs) Hun from Atlanta, who proposed to his girlfriend, Brittany Miller, with multiple rings, not just the one. He got down on his knee. She turned around and there was this like hand mold little situation with five different rings on it for her to choose from in the moment, like boss moves. I must say, I loved it. Some people are like, that's too much. So what was your initial feeling about this story? I love that. I think it's so cute. I mean, it's like, who wouldn't want to have the choice, right? On the other hand, I, but I can see it both ways. I can totally see it both ways because on the other hand, it's almost more special when they've put the thought into it and given you something. And it like, feels like something that reflects their taste and what they think you like. Of course, what if they got it wrong? Right. <laughs> like, I know. Right. What was it? Uh, uh, sex in the, the city. city when it was the parachute. Yeah. And she <laughs> threw up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you, I guess you can get it spectacularly wrong. So this guy knows himself. He's self-aware. <laughs> he knows, he knows his, her. He knows his fiance. <laughs> gave her options. Wait, it reminded me and my producers of that, that moment on Sweet Home, Alabama. Will you marry me? You remember that? Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. That, I mean, that's the that's like in theory, that's like a fantasy, right? Like you get to just go and you have carte blanche to pick whatever you want. Doesn't go matter. Go pick out your ring. Money's yeah. no object. It reminded me of the season, the scene in The Crown where um, Princess Diana gets to like go through the jewelry box and pick out her ring, and of course they like make fun of her for picking the most expensive one, you know, like as you would, (laughs) why wouldn't you if it's on offer, right? I mean, come on. And this guy, I'm sure did not pay for all of them. I sure hope not. Right. Like he would have. What if if one of it is, it's like her like Monday ring and her Tuesday ring. (laughs) That'd be kind of fun. I mean, there's like so many possibilities here. It's amazing. Yeah. I would have picked at least two. (laughs) One for each hand. Like, yeah, oh, right? This one and this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Charlotte, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Janine. Next up, Real Housewives of Orange County star Bronwyn Wyndham Burke speaks her truth. Stay tuned.
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Reality star Bronwyn Wyndham Burke is all over the news right now for a lot of reasons. She had a very contentious season of Real Housewives of Orange County where she made a splash and became the first Real Housewives star to come out as gay. It was revealed this week that she and her girlfriend, Chris, recently broke up. And she's also still married and living with husband, Sean, with whom she shares seven children. I caught up with Bronwyn a couple weeks ago to talk about her sobriety, her sexuality, and how she became a part of the show in the first place. Take a listen. I was a fan. So Gina Kehoe was one of the original cast members of The Real Housewives of Orange County. And she was a very close family friend. Mm-hmm. And so we we moved. We moved a lot. And although I watched the shows, I've always been a big fan of reality TV. You know, it was never something that I ever thought I could do. Um, and then we moved back to California. We moved back to Orange County. And I got a phone call from the casting director. Hey, have you heard of this show? I'm like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> and he asked, you know, would you, would you like to take a phone call? And I said, sure. And then we took a phone call for me. It was a three-step process. And I remember every time I got a little bit closer, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And, uh, when I got the phone call from our showrunner, Thomas, that I'd gotten the job, I remember just jump literally, I said, hold on one second. <laughs> I was so excited. And so looking back now, two seasons later, um, is it, is it all it was cracked up to be in the beginning? <laughs> I was so naive and stupid. I just, um, n- no, it's a lot more than I, you know, in real life, I get along well with women. I'm a girl's girl. I have a ton of girlfriends mm-hmm. and I just assumed everyone was going to like me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) But, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's a learning curve. You know, I didn't realize that as a fan. Um, I also didn't realize the backlash to social media. I didn't know how dark and cruel people were that you'd never met. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It can get really, really sticky out there. Uh, so, so I, I want to talk about, you know, the, the reunion in January, you know, you sat down and you said you had something important to say, and you announced to the world that you identified as lesbian. And, you know, I, I guess I want to know, like, what led you up to that moment to share that with the world on that stage in that way? And then also, I mean, of course, tell people about your, your husband, Sean, and, and, and your relationship. So that had been a long time coming that you guys didn't see. We were done filming. Mm. Um, 
you saw a little bit of, I had a relationship with a girlfriend that was platonic, but I, you know, I fell in love with her and a lot of things were happening in my marriage at the time. You know, Sean had someone else in, in our home. I had feelings for another woman and it basically kind of blew up. I would say around October, November, Okay. Sean and I had a very good, long, honest conversation. And I was like, I want to be with a woman. This is what I want. You know, we had known that I was bisexual for a long time, but some things had happened. I'd gone out. I was sober. I was doing inventory. And I, for the first time in my life, been with a woman sober. I'd never had before um, been alone with a woman sober. And I was like, I'm not straight at all. I know this now. Like I have been trying to drink or party or procreate. You know, I have been trying not to admit this to my, cause it can't fit in with that idea that I've had since I was a little girl of the perfect family. Once I got really honest with myself and Sean and started to explore that, and he gave me that the space to do that, um, a photograph was taken and that sort of propelled me into going forward publicly. TMZ had a photo of me and my girlfriend at the time. And, um, they gave me the courtesy and the grace to tell the story first. So I was able to go uh, talk to Anthony Ramos at GLAAD and tell the story before they, mm. they let the photo out. So I probably would have kept it to myself a little bit longer yeah. because it was so new and I was still so... If you look at the GLAAD interview, you can tell that I'm shaking. We actually had to refilm the beginning part wow. because I was nervous. I was stumbling. Wow. wow. And, and, and then uh, you, Sean said on the reunion that it felt like a relief. Uh, when you came out, um, you know, because you could be your true self. So, you know, we're we're about two months after that. Like, how are things between you two? How, how is this working out? Uh, it has been a day by day process. You know, some days have been great and some days have been really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we are trying to navigate having, you know, this open relationship. We do want to stay married. We do want to stay parents. We are best friends. And some days that seems very attainable and some days it doesn't. Wow. And, and, and since you've been out, you, you've just hit the ground running and helping others, you know, through your foundation, Amplified Voices. So can you walk me through what inspired you to create it and, and its mission? So Amplified Voices came about during the pandemic when we were all quarantined. Um, one of my, my biggest mentors is Glennon Doyle. I love her and look up to her so much. And during like the height of Black Lives Matter, she had turned her platform over to women of color to tell their stories. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. You know, I'm a middle-aged white woman. My story has been told. No one needs to hear me right now. And so just in my own community of women that I had learned from, you know, in the Bravo community, sort of where I started with Taria and Amani saying, you guys have been such great teachers to me. Can I interview you? Can you tell your stories? Mm. Um, and since then, we've been able to, um, uh, Real Moms of Bravo, Vanessa had recently had a baby and we talked about the disparages in the medical system, Yeah, you know, between white births and black births. So we were able to have, tell that story. During Transgender Awareness Week, we were able to tell the stories of a transgender female, Riley Knox, who I'm a huge fan of. It's just been able to reach out and tell other people's stories, sobriety stories, coming out stories, um, stories of what it's like to send your child to school in Southern California when everyone is white and you're scared. 
Cause I didn't know that. Cool. Cool. I'm just using your platform for that is, is really awesome. Um, let, let's shift a little closer to home. And in this season, you support your son, Jacob, um, for wanting to dress and drag. And, you know, un- unfortunately other parents aren't always as supportive or maybe want to be supportive, but don't know how. So what advice would you give to parents who aren't sure where to start that conversation? I think my first piece of advice would be to contact your local PFLAG chapter. We have one here, PFLAG Newport Beach. I actually did an Amplified Voices with her. I think that would be your first step because then you can find a community. Mm-hmm. Also, remember that you don't have to have all the answers today. You know, when your child comes to you and says, I want to do drag or I'm gay or what I'm transgender, you don't have to know what to do in that moment. All you have to do is give them a hug and say, I love you. What worked for our family, and this could be different, what worked for our family was when Jacob, because for Jacob, it's not just drag. He was questioning his gender Mm. also. So it was bigger than just putting on, you know, makeup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you need from us? And he needed space. So I found a mentor for him, someone that I knew was uh, gender non-defining. They went by they, them and said, hey, and they were younger, 24. Hey, can you be like a big brother to Jacob right now? Because there's questions and things that I don't have the answer to. Oh, just great words. Great advice right there, especially that last part. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and I just want to talk about you a little more. Um, you're, you know, celebrating a year now sober. Uh, so congratulations on that. Um, how are you feeling? How has it been? And I also want to know how does it work with the show? I feel like, you know, at least what is shown on Real Housewives is that, you know, wine is another character <laughs> on these shows. And and so how do you, how have you dealt with that in, in your journey? with sobriety? It wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't easy. Um, I was very lucky that I worked with a really supportive production company. Evolution went above and beyond. You know, when we went on a cast trip, I said, I need my own place to stay. I need a place to go. And I'm going to drive myself too. So that if I need to leave, I can. And they said, okay, definitely drinking is a huge part of it. And it's hard when you're the sober one. And this is whether you're on a show or in real life, this is true in my real life too. When you're the sober one, there's that arc of drunkenness. And I I leave here. I leave before the crying, the fighting, and the ugly. It's also knowing when to say no. Yeah. There are times where people are like, hey, we're going out. I'm like, I'm not tonight. I'm not going to do that tonight because I'm having a bad day. Because I, I would say 90% of the time I'm good with not drinking, but 10% of the time it's really hard. It is really hard. I still crave alcohol sometimes. And I know when I'm in that headspace, the best thing for me to do is stay home. That was Bronwyn Wyndham Burke of Real Housewives of Orange County. For more on her, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile, unless you're a chihuahua from New Jersey named Prancer who does not do smiles. So Tiffany Fortuna has been fostering little Prancer for two years now, and the struggle is real with this pooch. Fortuna took to Facebook with a hilarious letter that's now gone viral, and in it, she is pleading for someone to give him a forever home. Someone, anyone other than her. Why, you ask? Well, dear Prancer has been driving her family crazy. She writes, every day we live in the grips of the demonic chihuahua hellscape. (laughs) 
<laughs> that he has created in our home. So, okay, first off, Prancer and her husband don't get along. The dog has like a deep-seated disdain for the man. All men, in fact, she writes, Prancer only likes women. If you have a husband, don't bother applying unless you hate him. <laughs> and kids and other pets aren't exempt. He doesn't like them either. According to the hilarious pitch, Prancer wants to be your only child. Well, I have a feeling that he checks off all the boxes for some woman out there and he'll have a forever home to terrorize soon. <laughs> have a great day, you guys. <laughs>